Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Uh, of course, the season is over, and uh, yeah, I wanted to wait till the next day to make this because I just was not in the mood last night. So, uh, crappy way to end. They lose 38-7. Game was never really close. Philly got out to like a 14-0 lead or maybe even more, and um, you just knew off the bat, like, this, this is not it. So, you know, credit to Philly. They're a lot more talented, and uh, they're just in a better spot right now the Giants of course they were not expected to come this far and for the Giants to even be a playoff team this year seemed very far-fetched but they made it to the you know final eight teams remaining and made it to the divisional round and you know I still leave this season pretty optimistic about the future of this team but uh just the way they went out is is disappointing you expected at least a closer game um I know the spread was like it went from seven and a half to like eight maybe before the kickoff and you know, when the line moves the opposite way, it's definitely not a good thing most times. But um, yeah, for it to be 38-7 is, is pretty embarrassing. I mean, Philly just completely outclassed them in every single way, um, whether it was offensively or defensively. The Giants just had no answer for anything on defense. They ran all over them. I mean, Philly had, what, 268 uh, rushing yards. Uh, that's, that's insane. Um and then, of course, the Giants' offense, they couldn't do much either. There was the one 39-yard Saquon run, but aside from that, there was really nothing to talk about with the Giants' offense. It was pitiful. So, you know, it sucks how it ended, but I do think the Giants leave this season, like, ultimately going in the right direction, and I do believe that as compared to, you know, the situations we were in the past few years with, you know, Judge and Gettleman or even Shermer and Gettleman. At least now it's like, hey, like, we have the guy. We have the head coach. I think we have the right GM, too. So it's like, you know, I, I think the Giants hopefully will figure this thing out. And yet, maybe next year's not the year. Maybe it's not. We'll find out. But, you know, of course, regression's possible. You have to hope that they can still be a good team in these one-score games. The Giants were very good in one-score games this year. You hope they can keep that up next year. So always possible that the ball doesn't bounce your way in a particular game, particular season. But um, I do think this team will figure it out by at least 2024. I've been saying that since before this year even started. I think 2024 is their year based on the timeline. Like, you know, this year was you had to cut Bradbury of course had a freaking interception today, but uh, or yesterday. But you know, just based on the salary cap and and Joe Shane having enough time to get his guys and, and put this team in the right situation, I just thought, and I still think that 2024 is the year. Now, of course, next year they could still make some noise. I wouldn't be surprised because this team does seem to be moving in the right direction once again. But I just think based on how the timeline is, 2024 is the year where the Giants could, you know, could put themselves in like serious Super Bowl contender the type area. You know, we'll find out what happens, of course, by then. But, uh, yeah, as I said, just not a fun way to end it, but, um, you know, leave a like, always helps out, and let's get into it. All right, so let's start with uh, the Brian Dable, who, of course, you know, is a guy that I've been saying should win Coach of the Year. Um, after this game, you might think, oh, it's Seriani for sure, but no, I think what Dable did this year was just unbelievable, so I still hope he wins it, but... As I said, Dable, I, I said this on Twitter, Dable picked the wrong time to have his worst game of the year. And I don't know how much of this like coincided with the confidence or lack thereof of his team competing in this game. But we all know about the first fourth down for the Giants in this game, the fourth and eight on Philly's 40 with five minutes to go in the first quarter of the Giants' first drive. And... You know, at that point, Daniel Jones just got sacked by Josh Sweat, and it turned a third and three into a fourth and eight. And you're not, I mean, you 
kind of are in field goal range. I think when you're on the 40, that's like a 57, 58 yard field goal. So it's like not, it's not like that easy. I would not kick that down seven nothing, and giving them great field position. But Dable decides to go for it, and like in most cases, I do enjoy a coach, you know, putting confidence in his players and blah blah blah. But this was a case where I was very surprised they actually went for it. Like when the Giants' offense went back on the field, I kept saying like, "No way they snapped this ball. No way they snapped this ball." And they snapped the ball. And then Jones got sacked by Hassan Reddick, and of course, you know, Philly took over on their own forty-eight. So that did not work out whatsoever. If it, if it was like a fourth and five or like you know anything less than five, I would have been like, okay, I see it. But fourth and eight, I and mean, you're getting too greedy at that point. Like. I get Dable wants to get the most out of every possession because like he knows Philly's in a different class than the Giants. But I think fourth and eight, first drive of the game, you're, you're just being too greedy. So, you know, in most cases, I would respect that. But I think in that particular case, um, I would have punted the ball. Now, of course, you can make the argument that, hey, the Giants punter is not very good. They're not going to pin them inside the 20 anywhere, even the 10. So why even punt the ball? So I could see that side of it, but I just feel like that, particular decision um it didn't cost them the game obviously they still would have lost but you know it it just made philly just gain momentum even quicker and it, it possibly could have changed things you never know and of course the argument hey like the giants defense sucked anyway like they would have gone down the field whether they started at the you know their own eight yard line or their own 48 yard line in this instance but at the same time you got to give them a longer field you can't give them half the field and expect your defense to you know completely stand them up I mean yeah the defense was embarrassing like like terrible completely awful but um if you give them a starting field position at the 48 I mean it's it's going to help it can help any offense whether it's Mitch Trubisky led or if it's Jalen Hurts led it, it doesn't matter like you're going to help that offense too much regardless so yeah I wasn't a big fan of what Dable did there and then later in this game Dable for some odd reason decided to punt it was the early fourth quarter 13 minutes 20 seconds to go they were down 28 7 at this point so yeah still a three possession game early fourth quarter based on some of the games we've seen in the, the past couple years and especially this year um you know you're still in a game at that point three possessions a whole quarter to go basically you're still in the game but you know fourth and six now fourth and six and the Giants are on their own 42. Okay, so you're you're back 20 yards basically from where you were in the first quarter. But this time, Brian Dable on fourth and six decides to punt the ball. And you're down three possessions. It's the fourth quarter. And it just felt like he was waving the white flag. I, I was not a fan of that whatsoever. I, I just didn't understand it. Like, I don't – your defense was doing nothing for you. You had to leave that possession with a touchdown. And obviously, you punting the ball is not going to help that. So, fourth and six, own 42, early fourth quarter, the Giants punt. And Philly took over at their own 18. So, I, I was, like, not a fan of that either. You have a fourth and six. You're down three possessions. And I'm not even saying, like, if they got that, they would have won the game. I don't think that at all. But you got to give your guys a chance. You can't just wave the white flag in a freaking playoff game. So, I, I don't know what Dable was up, you know, was, was doing there. But even, like, you know, later in this game, he went for another fourth down. A fourth and 16. A fourth and 16 on his own 17-yard line. Um, he decides to go for it. And, of course, the Giants miraculously picked picked it up to Marcus Johnson who picked up 17 um so like why go for it there but when it actually kind of mattered when you were down still three possessions early fourth quarter you punt the ball like that decision made no sense to me so as I said Dable picked the wrong time to have his worst game and that goes for all the coaches I don't even, I don't even think Kafka had a great game plan 
it seemed like Don Martindale had no clue what the hell was going on. I mean, it goes on the players too. Like they literally could not stop the run no matter what. But even some of like the earlier plays in this game, like you were playing 10 yards off of A.J. Brown when Philly needed like two yards to get the first down and they just gave it to A.J. Brown for a quick swing pass and he picks up the first down. Like I hate when defensive coordinators and James Betcher did this too for the Giants back in 2018. I think he was there. Um, you know, it'd be a third and short for the opponent and they would play their corners 10 yards off. And it's like, just a simple in route and the receiver picks it up and the corner like makes the tackle okay but like the guy already picked up the first down like I, I hate when defensive coordinators do that like I get it's AJ Brown but press him and if if Jalen Hurts somehow makes a great sideline throw down the uh you know down the left sideline there then hats off to him like that's a great throw but I am not giving that quarterback and wide receiver a layup basically when my corner is playing 10 yards off and the offense needs two yards. That just seems ridiculous. So I was not really a fan of the coaching in any type of aspect from that game, but um, let's go in order here. So offensively, um, Daniel Jones was not the reason they lost, but did absolutely nothing to help them win. I think that's the best way I can sum it up. Uh, I want to see Jones' stats real quick, but yeah, he he was not very impressive in this game, to put it nicely. 15 of 27, 135, five yards per attempt, no touchdowns, one interception, took five sacks, and rushing wides had six carries for 24 yards. It, it was very ugly. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's much Jones could have done, but... Jones did enough in this game where it was, you know, enough to piss me off in a way. I mean, the interception to Bradbury, stupid throw where Bradbury read it the entire time. There was the play later in the game where it was like a second, no, a third down play, I think. And then Jones, for some reason, instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds, he just ran out of bounds and lost the Giants like four or five yards for absolutely no reason. Um, some of his pocket awareness, which, you know, we had thought had gotten better, um, it looked like it went in the wrong direction in this game. He was like, on some plays given time to throw and he just seemed very indecisive there were times where he probably could have pulled the trigger and have taken a shot but said nah I'm not doing that and you know either took a sack or just eventually threw the ball away it just seemed like a lot of indecisiveness and lack of confidence in himself as compared to what we saw last week and it's not shocking like based on what happened last week at Minnesota and like look the Giants put up great games at Minnesota twice and home versus the Colts those defenses are probably two of the three worst in the football all right so you can't sit here and fool yourselves and thinking that oh the Giants are a great offense all of a sudden I knew this would be an offensive struggle I did figure like the Giants were not going to score over 30 points it seemed pretty unlikely um now to get under 10 10 is, you know, pretty pathetic, but um, you couldn't expect the Giants offense to put up the same performance they did last week versus the Vikings in a dome like that was not going to happen. So, you know, I just think it's it, it was just too embarrassing for me to feel good about like it, it, it was just like the Giants offense didn't even belong out there like Philly's defense knew everything that was coming and the Giants at some points they do run some pretty simple concepts that you know teams will pick up on like a lot of times you have the running back go to the flat you have your tight end run a quick curl route and you pretty much have to follow which way the linebacker goes and you throw it to the opposite guy you know things like that but I feel like Philly took away everything the Giants wanted to do in the quick game um, and Philly outcoached the Giants in every way of course they have more talent too that's a big part of it like having the Phillies talent compared to the Giants talent it's a big difference but it feels like you know Philly knew every single next move the Giants wanted to make in this game and it did not help so for Daniel Jones I mean look the season's over we'll have to talk about his future and where I think it you know where I think it's going but um you know this was a game it was like last week he he 
earned himself $5 million extra on his contract, and it felt like this game he lost himself $5 million, so he's kind of back where he started, which is funny, but um, yeah, this was not what you want to say, so... I still think it's up in the air. I I, I don't think it's 100% guaranteed he's back. Um, I do hope he gets another year, though, because I think he played well enough at the end where it's like, hey, it's it's worth to see it for another year. But, um, you know, there's some fans, of course, that want to give him like four years, $120 million or three years, $75 million. To me, that's kind of asinine. Like, I would not do that. I would, you know, give Jones like a two-year deal at most and see if he can repeat it again. But I just have not seen enough where it's like, oh, that's a guy I want to give $100 million to. Like, I, I don't think I'm there yet, but um, maybe next year. We'll see. But I, I think Joe Shane will be smart about it, and we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, if, of course, anything could happen, you know, based on the salary cap situation. And, you know, of course, Dable and Shane, they might want their own guy. I have no idea. Like, nobody knows. Like, people may tell you, like, oh, he's coming back for sure, and they think they know. But, like, nobody knows. I mean, we, we have no idea. Um, anyway, Saquon had the one big run for 39 yards, but not much else was open for him. Saquon had nine carries for 61 yards, so 6.8 a carry, but if you take away that one rush, I mean, it was not that great of a game. So um, Saquon only had two catches for 21 yards as well. So yeah, when you have Jones and Saquon like not giving you anything, um, obviously the Giants are not going to win. That's that's pretty obvious. Evan Neal had his issues. Um, it seemed like Hassan Reddick was eating his lunch very early in this game, and it was pretty bad. So Evan Neal leaves this rookie season on a down note for sure, or a bad note, whatever the hell the saying is, but, um, yeah, that was pretty rough. Evan Neal has to get better in the offseason. Um, as I said, I'm still not worried about him. I think he'll be all right, but that was just a very rough way to end his rookie season, so I feel bad for the kid, but I think he'll get it right eventually. Um, Jones held on to the ball too long at times. Yes, um, definitely. I think there are times. Like, of course, the Giants' offensive line was not good, but there were plays where Jones held on to the ball way too long and took sacks that he probably didn't have to take. Um, Richie James, Dropped a wide open pass, probably would have been a touchdown or close to it. Um, now, of course, look, it, it. I've seen different takes about this one on Twitter about the Richie James drop. Now, look, the game was over at that point anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it was a throw where basically Richie James was running like a post route, and he had the entire left side of the field to himself. And you know, he kind of had to reach over his body, arms extended, and it just like hit off his hands. And it was. A tough catch for the most part, but one as an NFL receiver you have to catch. Now, for me personally, I wish Jones gave him a more catchable ball, which, you know, it may sound like I'm blaming Jones, but I'm not because, as I said, I do think Richie James should have caught the ball. But when you have a receiver open and no one's within 20 yards of him, like, give him an easier ball. Like, there's no reason to try and lead him a certain way or blah, blah, blah. Like, just give him the ball. Just, like, give it somewhere in his vicinity where it's going to be an easy catch. And, you know, he kind of had to reach over his own shoulder, and it was a tougher catch than it had to be. So, no, I would say, like, 99% of that play, it was Richie James's fault. But, like, of course, I think it could have been an easier catch. So, um of course, hopefully Jones gets a, uh, you know, better group of receivers next year. But um, Richie James, I think, had, you know, he was a nice surprise this year. I will say Richie James had his moments, so he wasn't completely terrible the entire year. Um, as I mentioned, Eagles defense took away everything the Giants offense wanted to do. It was great coaching. So not much else to say. So it was a pretty rough ending for the Giants offense there. Giants defense completely outclassed in every area. Um, it seemed like Philly was kind of toying with the Giants at one point, putting in Boston Scott to score a touchdown, because why not? Um, 
whether that was because of Don Martindale's comments about Boston Scott not being a Giants killer, which he absolutely is, um, or whatever. I just seemed like putting in Boston Scott there. It was like they just did it for the memes, and uh, it actually worked out. So Boston Scott finds the end zone again. I think it's his 11th time or 11th touchdown. Um, 11th touchdown has came versus the Giants, and he's had 18 touchdowns total. And I think the broadcast said that's the highest percentage versus a single team in, like, NFL history. So, hey, you know, Boston Scott's an absolute Giants killer. I saw someone say that uh, on Twitter. I forget who it was now. It might have been Bobby Skinner. But someone said, um, you know, the Giants should sign Boston Scott because I can't take this anymore. And I think he might be a free agent. So, like, you never know. It'd be funny if Boston Scott was a Giant. Um defense was on the field way too long i want to look up real quick what the time of possession was because it was pretty pretty bad so the eagles had the ball for 35 minutes 43 seconds the giants offense had the ball for 24 minutes and 17 seconds now you can't blame one side of the ball for that you have to blame the giants offense for not getting enough first downs and even staying on the field long enough but you can also blame the defense for not getting off the field like it, it goes both ways I can't just sit here and say oh it was completely the offense's fault or oh it's completely the defense's fault no like both sides were very guilty for why the time of possession was the way it was in this game uh AJ Brown did nothing but the run game plus the you know plays from Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith they were enough for this Eagles team as I mentioned they had 200 and what 68 rushing yards it was insane you had the big run at the end by Kenneth Gainwell when the game was pretty much over I think that made it a 28 nothing lead or something I don't know I forget the score no that made it 38-7 actually that was very late in the game two minutes to go he had that rushing touchdown so 35 yard touchdown for Kenneth Gainwell it seemed like some guys were kind of mailing it in. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think Julian Love was trying, but I feel like nobody else really gave a shit. So that was kind of sad to see. But yeah, Kenneth Gainwell had a good game in this one. And of course, like Miles Sanders had a good game. Gainwell was 12 carries, 112 yards. Miles Sanders was 17 carries, 90 yards. Jalen Hurts was 9 for 34. And our good friend Boston Scott, 6 carries for 32 yards. Nobody receiving-wise had a huge game. I mean, Devontae Smith was their leading receiver, six catches, 61 yards, but found the end zone. And Dallas Goddard was five catches, 58 yards, found the end zone. A.J. Brown only three catches for 22 yards. So the Giants did a very good job on him and Justin Jefferson the last two games of the year. But, um, you know, just way too much on the on the ground game. I feel like, you know, it didn't even matter if Dexter Lawrence was in there or not. Like the broadcast said, oh, Dexter Lawrence was out the last two plays. And like, maybe that's why the Eagles had these easy ass runs up the middle. And then Dexter Lawrence comes back in and they run for 12 yards the next play. And it's like, all right, that's not the reason either. So very disappointing game for, you know, guys like Leonard Williams, who I don't even know where the hell he was in this game. And, you know, even like Azizo Jalari didn't do anything. Kayvon didn't really do much. I thought Dexter Lawrence still played well, despite, you know, how bad the run defense was. And, Justin Ellis, guys like that, they did pretty much nothing, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I would say Dexter Lawrence was the only defensive lineman that actually kind of did anything in this game, but the rest of it was pretty garbage. And, of course, the Eagles' offense took their foot off the gas pedal. Um, I do think Philly probably could have put up more points in this one, and I'm kind of surprised, like, based on Seriani and him being, like, a douche. I, mean, I don't even know if he's a douche or not, but, like, he just has. Someone said he has the most punchable face in the world, and, like, I, I kind of see it. Like, it's definitely true. So, you know, Seriani just, like, I could see why he's hated by a lot of Giants fans, and I'm sure some other fans hate him too, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just figured, I figured they could have put the score to, like, maybe, like, 45-7 or even 50-something, but um, they kind of just ran the ball at the end and said, whatever, if we're good. Giants 
Giants D-line got no pressure besides Dex. Um, there was nobody, really. I mean, you know, Lane Johnson came back from this groin injury. He looked pretty good for the most part. I mean, you could tell he was definitely hobbled out there, but um, credit to him for playing through that injury. Um, yeah, it was rough. I mean, like, no no one got pressure. It was one of those games where Jalen Hurts was playing 7-on-7, seven seven and he didn't have to worry about the pass rush very much. I think there might have been one sack for the Giants in this game. Oh, yeah, Xavier McKinney. I think he had that pretty early, but, yeah, McKinney had a sack. Um, that was it, though, and I think, I forget on that play, I think he actually fumbled the ball on that play, Jalen Hurts, but I, I think he recovered his own fumble, so... Um, yeah, the Giants, they got no turnovers in this game. And as I said, you know, in the preview video, like Philly does not turn the ball over. They are a very tough team to turn over. Uh, the Giants had a shot or two. I think they had the fumble there that McKinney caused. And, uh, there might've been another like tip ball. I think I forget who the hell had it in their hands, but, um, yeah, there was a couple chances to get an interception or a fumble, but like they, you know, Philly does not put you in many situations where you can get turnovers against them. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it. Defensive line got no pressure. Um, our linebackers are atrocious. Um, you know, Jalen Smith. I mean, my God, I just I'm tired of watching him. Um, even the guy we just picked up from the um, from the Lions, Gerard Davis. I mean, he didn't play that well either. So you know, people keep asking like, oh, where's Micah McFadden? Micah McFadden, like he's not the answer either. Like Micah McFadden might be a fine death piece, but he's not going to be like your you know, starting linebacker for the next 10 years, I don't think. I, I guess maybe, but I don't see that being the case. Uh, Leonard Williams had two assists and no solo tackles in this game. That's pretty rough, you know what I mean? Like, at least Dexter Norris had four solo tackles and two assists. Like, that's that's a decent game. Even Kayvon had four assists, four solos. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, what the hell did Leonard Williams do? Like, we pay him so much money. Aziz had one assist, no tackles. Like, these guys did nothing. You know, for for Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari to combine for three assisted tackles and no solo tackles in a playoff game, it's pretty rough. That's uh, pretty much all I could say for that. Uh, I think Leonard Williams is going to be back here next year based on the contract. I could be wrong, but I'll look into that in the offseason. But, um, just, like, just, I don't know. If you're, if, you're, if you're Leo making, like, $26, 27000000 million per year, whatever the hell Leonard Williams makes, uh, thanks, Dave Gettleman. But... You know, whatever he makes, I mean, he just did not live up to that contract. I mean, he had, he had his games this year, but, like, you know, Dexter Lawrence is the guy that deserves that contract. He was playing, you know, really well for the entire year, Dexter Lawrence. So let's see. Uh, Leo has a three-year, $63 million contract. His cap hit for this past season was $15 million. I guess they pushed some of it back. So next year, Leo's cap hit. I don't even want to say this out loud. It's it's so bad. $32.2 million. $32.2 million for Leonard Williams next year. Now, they can cut him, and it would cost him about $20.2 million on the dead cap. So if you cut him, of course, you could save about $12 million, but you're also eliminating yourself from using $20 million because that'll be dead cap space. So that's going to be an interesting decision. I actually don't know which way they're going to go about this. Like, I don't see a way you can pay Leonard Williams $32 million next year, but taking a $20 million dead cap hits a lot. So maybe they try to extend him and kind of like push that money towards the future. But like, that is a rough cap hit. I mean, my God. Dave Gettleman, the gift that keeps on giving. And, and some people want to give that man credit for what's going on here. It just makes no sense. Um, yeah, so that's rough. But uh, I did not want to see that. That made my mood even worse. So um, as I say on the bottom, it was a fun season for the most part until today. And, you know, even like that 
little uh, streak during the se- or during the middle of the season when they had a little rough spurt, like they lost the or they tied the Washington game, they lost to Seattle, and they lost to like you know Philly and whoever else they played in that stretch. But for the most season, it was a very fun year. So thank you guys, you know, for those of you that I communicate with on Twitter very often, and um, you know, for those of you that like watch my videos and listen to the podcast. I appreciate it. It was it was great interacting with you guys this year, and it was fun to have like the first actual winning season from me doing Giants content. Like as I said, I've done this since 2018, I think late 2017 maybe, and uh, this was the first year the Giants were good. So it was kind of like a different thing, but it was fun, like not to have to talk about the draft in October. Um, so it was a good start. You know, the Giants, of course, were like six and one, and things started to get a little, uh, you know go a little south because of the injuries to McKinney and Adoree Jackson but they got it together they you know killed the uh they killed the Colts they made the playoffs and uh they had that very nice win in Minnesota last week and we'll definitely always have that so it was fun the Giants won a playoff game this year so that says a lot but to go to Philly and lose 38-7 which by the way was the same score Philly beat the Vikings when they went on to win the Super Bowl that kind of scares me. Um, so I hope Philly does not win. Go Niners. But um, for the Giants to lose by that much, it was it was pretty awful. So not a game that I'm going to remember. I'm going to try and like get this one out of my my memory. But as I said, big picture wise, the Giants seem to be moving in the right direction. So there's going to be a lot of you know off season interesting topics, conversations around Saquon, around Daniel Jones, um, Julian Love, you know, whoever else is a free agent, and uh, we'll definitely make videos about that and talk about that stuff, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed, and once again, thanks for a fun season, hopefully it's even better next year, but we'll find out, Um, and I'll talk to you guys next time.